Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandrove, the podcast for wine fanatics who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, we introduce you to a prominent woman and take a peek into her life and, of course, her favorite wines. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandro, and I'm talking with Sarah Fowler, who is featured in Wine Country Women of Napa Valley. Sarah, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. We are at the winery, Peju Winery, that is. That's correct. Yes. Beautiful day. It is a beautiful day. We're inside, but um, it's still spectacular, and I'm so pleased that you let us spend some time with you. So thank you. Let's talk about your career, shall we? Okay. I'm curious to know, what was your first professional job ever? My first professional, I guess that's wondering what professional means exactly, but um, my first job in the wine industry was working for Kendall Jackson back in the mid-80s when Jess Jackson had just started KJ and when Jed Steele was still making the wine. And so I worked um, mobile bottling line for them and then um, off and on for six years doing a little bit of uh, cellar work, harvest, do a little bit in the lab. Um, So all through high school and my uh, first attempt at college during that period of time. When did you know you wanted to be a winemaker? I'm curious. Um, So I had worked at the winery um, at Kendall Jackson off and on, like I said, for six years. I had also brewed beer with my dad all through high school. And my family has a ranch. It's been in my family since 1884. We had 400 acres. And we we took it organic, um, got CCOF certified, and... During that time period, I helped my parents um, choose like what rootstocks, what kind of grapes we wanted to grow. So we planted a vineyard. We ended up planting a little bit of Zinfandel and Syrah. And I had been an art major initially and ended up dropping out and moving to Mexico and living on a sailboat. And then um, when I came back, I really needed to think about what I wanted to do when I grew up. My parents were like, okay, you need to do something. And that's when I decided that I would either go into fermentation science of either making beer or wine, or am I contemplated being a chef? And so um, really took some time. I love cooking and enjoy that very much, so I decided to not pursue that as a career. And I started, I um, decided to study fermentation science and ended up going into the wine direction. And I've been doing it, this was my 25th harvest, and I've been making wine here in Rutherford for the last 20 years. So why wine and not beer? <clears throat> You know, I really, I, mean, I love doing, I, mean, I love both. Um, I think wine at that point in time is just something that resonated with me, and I really enjoyed the entire process. Um, beer was just kind of fun, um, but wine seemed a little bit more serious, and there seemed like a better career path at, to me at the time. I think, you know, in hindsight, it could have been either direction. Um, but that's just the, what kind of appealed to me at the time, and I really enjoyed it, and I'm super happy that I made that choice. Yeah, and like you said, you've been you've been making wine now for 25 years. Oh, I can't believe it. <laughs> I can't believe it either. You you look like a pup. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> How many years have you been here at at Peju? I've been making wine here at Peju for the last 13 years. Okay, 13 years here, and let's talk about your job here um, because it's it's evolved since you've been here. That's correct. So I started off um, just as winemaker. And have worked my way up. Now I'm the director of winemaking and vineyard. So I'm responsible for um, grape to bottle. When you first came here, was it only Peju? 
Correct. And so for those who are listening, uh, we have another winery as well. When I first started, it was Peju of Rutherford, and we had one vineyard um, in Po Valley on the backside of Hell Mountain, for those who don't know the area. And now we have six different vineyard properties. We have two, um, and on the, you know, in Pope Valley, we have one in Calistoga, we have Rutherford, we have Oak Knoll, and we also have a vineyard in um, Carneros now, which is where um, our other winery is. And so. And that winery oh, is called? Calmare. Um, it's brand new, and, um, well, brand new to us. Um, we purchased the old Acacia facility back in 2016. Um, we've kind of worked on um, a couple of different directions on what this is going to be. Um, we've kind of, we've settled. We finally have just bottled some, I, if I don't say so for myself, they're delightful, delicious wines. We have four Pinots, um, a couple of Chardonnays, a Pinot Rosé, and um, a couple of blends. And so it's really exciting to make that kind of more our Burgundian-styled house and Peju and Rutherford's going to be more Bordeaux-style, if you will. And we're trying to separate, so we won't be making the same wines at um, each Both facility. Both right. Correct. Okay. So <clears throat> they they will be very different, different experiences, different, different personalities, different wines. That's correct. So, so. Peju, it's, you know, family-owned, mom, dad, and two daughters. And, you know, Peju's you know, been around for the last 36 years. And, you know, this property is really kind of um, who the parents are and with Calmer it's going to be more of an expression of like who the girls are and I'm making the wines for both properties so there's a connection um, we're still a state still family owned but there is a different personality type between the two which are both great they're just different which adds kind of like a nice variety yeah absolutely what's the case production here at Peju we are about 40,000 cases okay just shy of and Calmer? Calmer right now is about 7,000. Okay. But with lots of room for growth. Well, super. <clears throat> and are you seeing guests at Calmer? We are. We are. We just did our um, soft opening a couple weeks ago. Um, we haven't done our ribbon cutting yet. That's maybe in two or three weeks. And um, we are seeing people, and people are tasting the wines, and it's been, it's been great. Been posi- lots of positive feedback. That's very exciting. Well, let's get back to your career. You make... <clears throat> How many different wines now? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm afraid oh to ask. Gosh, 20, no, 30? No. Oh, my gosh. So between the two properties, yes. I'm making about 40 different SKUs. Oh, my goodness. It's a lot. It keeps me busy. Is it ever too much? <laughs> Feels like a trick question. Um, I think I would prefer to dial it back a little bit and maybe do some focus, which we're really working on right now. Um, for those who don't, who don't know... Peju, when we were primarily direct to consumer. So most of the wines that we make and sell are sold through our tasting room and wine club. And there's only a very few wines that are out, out in wholesale, out in the marketplace that people can taste and try. And those kind of are just our Napa Valley tier. We make so many other blends and higher tiered wines that the consumer can't get just anywhere. Um, and the wines that are out in distribution um, were primarily on premise, which means in restaurants. And very few wines can be found in a wine shop. Um, or a store. So that's the beauty of Peju is that you have these other wines, but very small production. And that's what makes it unique is that you have those small production wines that are available to the direct consumer that comes to visit here or becomes a wine club member. Correct. Right. But the question still stands, is it too much? Well, so if you, if you, for me, it's like, is there too much? Well, 
we want to keep the wine club happy. We want to make right. sure the consumer has the wines that they're looking for, that right. they want. And so we're constantly evolving right. and trying to, you know, put up, you know, present and provide um, a wine that our consumers, our wine club members um, and, and visitors, you know, come, they enjoy them. And so they, if they want us to make a bunch of lots of different wines, then gosh darn it, we're going to do our very best to, to do what we can. To them. The reality is, is because we're primarily a state, um, we only, can only do what we're growing. So there's, there's only so many options. And right now, I think I'd be hard-pressed to make more than what I'm doing unless right we um, – plant some new varietals or do something to that effect. So this is good. If we can cap okay. it right about here, I'm, I'm okay. We can, this is doable. Okay, good deal. Okay, well, I won't ask any more about that. <laughs> I think it's a lot of fun. I mean, you've oh, got to enjoy it because, you know, every varietal offers something different and every vineyard offers something different. So That's right. Yeah, so it is is fun to not only, I'm sure, make, but as a consumer, you know, tastes different um, Chardonnays from different vineyards or, you know, whatever the case may be. Curious, during the course of your career, have you had a mentor or has someone inspired you? I think I find inspiration in all sorts of places and on a regular basis. I mean, I have been very fortunate to work with some wonderful people and um, have, you know, just enjoyed the, you know, the strong women that have come before me and the, you know, I've worked with some great people, and whether I've worked with them directly or have just been involved with them. So I think there's, I mean, I guess the short answer is yes. Um, but to, like, pick out a few, I mean, there's just been so many positive influences, and there's so many places where you can, you know, find um, that from the surrounding. Okay. Perhaps is there someone in history who has inspired you? Not, not that oh, my, quickly my, my, comes my, to my, mind. My, my. Okay, <laughs> what drives you? I mean, you've got a, you're making a lot of wines. I know that you have a family. You're married. How do you keep going? What what drives you every I, day? I truly love what I do. I I think I do this for free. I mean, I really enjoy it. I love um, being able to create something that comes from you know it's Mother Nature. It's nature. You know, I'm out there you know, walking the vineyard and tasting the vines and watching, you know, every year is a little bit different. And then being able to put together all these, like, wonderful little blends and and single varietals and then, you know, take care of it for several years and then it goes into a bottle and then it goes out on someone's table. You know, they're enjoying it with dinner, with their family and friends. And that um, gives me so much joy to be able to do that and... The fact that my job is very cyclical, I'm doing something very different on a regular basis, I mean, that gets me up in the morning, and I always want to strive to do better and do more. And so that's what keeps me going. One thing you want to achieve by this time next year, professionally? I don't know. I feel like professionally, I'm like I've, achieved, I've achieved like an awful lot. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not quite Winemaker sure. Winemaker of the year. I've been winemaker of the year, well, at least on our local pa- local, local paper, our local magazine, um, three years in a row. I got second place this year, so it's not quite the oh, same. I know. Heidi Barrett <laughs> beat me out this year. So if I'm going to lose to someone, I suppose she's, you know, <laughs> the she's, person a worthy, to lose. she's worthy. Of, yes. <laughs> um, uh, but sure, I would love to do that for a larger publication, or I'd love to make a 100-point wine. I'd love to. There's all these, like, really amazing things that, sure, I'd love to do. Um, 
But for me, like doing, you know, achieving something professionally, it's really just doing the very best I can at what I'm doing right now and trying to continue that and always trying to, you know, go further, make things even better. Have you ever thought at any time about doing something else? Sure. What? I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> what, what might some of those things be? Oh, Occupations. Gosh. You know, I think about, you know, I, so the things that I love doing most, I love traveling. I love eating. I love beverages, you know, going out and tasting different, whether it's cocktails or wine or beers. I love experiencing all of that. So I think, you know, it would be amazing to be, you know, a, a food and wine writer or someone who would be a, maybe a critique, you know, someone who goes in and is able to judge food and wine on a regular basis. And I am fortunate enough that I get to do the judging part on the wine side, but it would be fun to be able to do something on that end just because, you know, any opportunity to travel and eat and drink is phenomenal. Appealing. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I agree. There's so much good food and wine and beverages out there. Right? Well, and someone needs to go explore it all, you know? I know. I know. There needs to be a, there needs to be a fabulous woman out there you know, taking it on. I think there probably are already women and people, fabulous women out there doing it. Uh, but what's one more? Want more on today's interview? Purchase Wine Country Women of Napa Valley. It's available on our website at winecountrywomen.com. Let's talk about your personal life now. Okay. So you are a native Californian. Correct. Northern California specifically, just yeah. to be clear. <laughs> there is a difference for sure. And where did you get... Your education. Okay. Um, so I studied at Fresno State, mm-hmm. and I have been in Northern California my entire life, except for my little stint down in Mexico Mex- on a sailboat and, and, and a harvest in Chile. You, I know you like Mexico, because you go to Mexico on a regular basis. I do. What's, what's so appealing to you about Mexico? Well, one of the things, my mom is from Mexico, okay. and so you know I grew up going to Mexico pretty much every year my entire life. And I love the food. I love the people. I love the beaches. I love the warmth. I, mean, I like it all. And so I, mean, I love to travel pretty much anywhere, but I, I do enjoy going to Mexico. Um, fabulous. If I took a step inside your home, what would I see? How would you describe your decor? Or the type of home that you yeah, have? Yeah, no, I would say it's a... Um, if you walked into my house, I think you would... You would it's a fun... Um, kind of joyful, happy place. It's, you know, warm. It's got, you know, it's grays. I've got little pops of red. It's, fu- it's a fun, I think, a welcoming home is what I would, I would characterize it as. Favorite room in your house? Outside. I just prefer to be outside. So we're, we live in California and so fortunate to be able to do a lot of outdoor entertaining. Um, so I would say outside. Do you have an entertaining tip that you can share with our listeners? Always keep bubbles in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> they never disappoint, do nope, they? Easy to just keep people entertained if you have some cold bubbles. Is there a meaningful trip that you've taken that you can tell us about? Ooh, meaningful? Um, I was just in Croatia last year, which was phenomenal. Rented a boat and bopped around the islands. It was fantastic. Um, that was, yeah, it was amazing. Um, yeah, I've been able to travel an awful lot, so like I think I think I find meaning in all of my trips. I mean, that's just what travel does, right? You know, Beat your soul. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to ask, although I think you basically already answered this question, 
Other than the wines that you make, what do you like to drink at home? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of champagne, sparkling wine, champagne specifically, delicious. I mean, I, that's my weakness. That's the one beverage that, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say no if someone wants to come and give me another glass or a third glass. <laughs> I can say no. I can meter pretty much anything else, but bubbles are just, I love them so much. You know, what's interesting in this valley... I'm just going to take a a quick little left turn here. But what I find interesting in this valley, and more so in this valley than anywhere else, is that men will drink bubbles too. Oh, absolutely. Yes. That's not a thing? That's not a thing everywhere else? I don't think so. Not necessarily. The men of the world are missing out if that's not the case. I think think in the Napa Valley, we've made it, you know, Ever, like everybody loves bubbles. I mean, it's a party. It's it brings happiness to everyone's lives, and I think it's. I don't know. I don't. I don't see that as often everywhere else. But I always see it when I'm here. So, I love it it's because they're delicious. I know. <laughs> How about this? What's something people would be surprised to learn about you? Do you have a hidden talent oh. Do you, or a hobby? I'm trying to think. Well, aside from the fact that I lived on the... It's not a surprise anymore because I said, but I lived <laughs> on a sailboat for over a year in Mexico. That's usually one of those things that um, I throw out there. Um, an unusual talent. I can Hobby. hula hoop <laughs> really, really well. Do um, you still have a hula hoop? I do. Oh, wow. I'm, still, I'm pretty good at it. Um, I like to... I mean, I like to... I don't know. I'm working on a vintage trailer right now. And restoring it, so that's kind of a, I don't know if it's a hobby, but it's what I'm doing right now. I always have, I'm one of those people that I always need to have a project. I need to be working on something. And, you know, I've got a lot of creative energy, so I'm redoing it. I've stripped it down. I've learned, you know, I've redone paneling, the floors, ceiling. I've even done some plumbing. I mean, I'm, it's, it's fantastic. Her name is Stella, and she's fantastic. She's this really cute uh, 1972 Timberline trailer that I'm restoring, and it's just been it's been super fun, and I've had her for a little over a year, and she's coming along. She's beautiful. I'm impressed. <laughs> and what's pl- what's the plan with Stella? I'm gonna take her. I don't know. Take her to the beach. Take her to the mountains. I mean, she wants to explore. Figure I'll have girlfriends and take the dogs. And you know, my husband's not really into camping, so it's kind of it'll be my thing. But that's fine. Okay, well, I'm surprised. So you met you met that objective. You surprised me. <laughs> Tell me, is there a challenging time in your life that you can share? <laughs> um, sure, I have two boys. Um, their teenage years were the most challenging. I think in hindsight, I would have sent them away to like boarding school somewhere. Um, but yeah, so I mean, they're delightful adults now and in their own career. But, um, yeah, they're teenagers. It's probably not what you were asking, but when you no. think challenging, I'm like, oh, Raising boys man, and raising teenagers. Raising teenage boys was the worst. But it's all good now. When you have time off, ha-ha, because yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like you have a lot of time off, how do you like to, to spend your time here in the Valley? What would a dream day look like for Sarah Fowler? Well, gosh, you know... I think that's twofold. One, I mean, because I am so busy, I really do enjoy just some like really good downtime. If I can like, oh, like a little warm sunshine and a good book and a glass of bubbles and some quiet time would be like phenomenal. But on the other hand, I'm like I'm also very social and I am feel very very fortunate that I have an amazing group of friends 
and I love spending time with them. So whether it's playing bocce or going out dancing, um, we like to have theme parties, we're dinner parties. I mean, there's a lot of like fun social aspects. I like getting out, like going hiking. Um, favorite we, favorite hiking spot? Ooh, well, you know, both a park's beautiful. And I think a lot of people just don't realize how gorgeous it is. You don't necessarily feel like you're in the Napa Valley. It's just beautiful, and it's right in our backyard. Um, I also like, you know, going up to Robert Louis Stevenson and Mount, you know, hiking, you know, at St. Helena, um, Mount St. Helena. That's always kind of like fun to do, like a once a year thing. But both the parks just, I, I live really close to it, and it's just a great, beautiful park. And so outdoors, of course. And outdoor activities yes. is what you enjoy. True. Whether it's bocce or a hike or... And I love gardening. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, so I like being outside. Would those activities be part of your dream day? Yes. Yes. Okay. When you get together with your girlfriends, mm-hmm. and I know you do that pretty <laughs> often, and it's not a themed event okay. of some sort, where are some of the places that you enjoy meeting them? We have a lot of little local watering holes in town, and I live in the town of St. Helena, so pretty much any, you know, we kind of meet up at one of the restaurants or local bars. Well, there's not really bars. One. There's one bar. But lots of restaurant bar places. Um, a lot of times we just meet up at someone's house. Um, and then during the spring and summertime on the bocce courts. I mean, that's a really fun time for us. It's a social, really great thing to do. Let's talk about your bocce playing. Okay. What's the name of your team? We're the Tipsies. Yes. <laughs> Tipsy how, Moonshiners specifically, but yes, the Tipsies. How good are you? Well, we're fantastic, and we have so much fun. I think we're pretty – I think I'm pretty good. We're all pretty good. Sometimes we lose focus because we're enjoying, you know, maybe our bubbles too much or we're socializing too much. It's a all-female team. Um, I believe we're the only female team. We play Thursday nights, which is, like, maybe the best nights. It is on a league. I've been playing for well, over 10 years, longer, maybe 13 years. It's been a while. <laughs> it's great. It's a, just a great, it's, you know, it's an outdoor activity. We bring food. Um, it's competitive. We want to win, but we're also, <clears throat> we want to have fun more than we want to win. Do you guys ever rank near the top? No. No. In fun, we do. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> That's good. You live in St. Helena. I love St. Helena. I lived here for, you know, several years. But I'm curious, why did you choose St. Helena? Um, when I first moved, so I was living in the Bay Area. I was moved, had lived in San Francisco and then Mill Valley, <clears throat> moved up here and wanted something close to where I was working. Um, so St. Helena seemed like the appropriate place. I wasn't necessarily thinking that that's where I would stay long term. <clears throat> it was kind of just, um, they have a good school system. My kids had were, were still in school when we moved. Um, I had been commuting from San Francisco and Mill Valley um, for years prior while the kids were in school there and they finished up here then we ended up um staying in St. Helena my husband has a practice in St. Helena and it just made sense and um I have a lot of good friends there it feel very safe it was just a delightful cute charming little town um with a lot of really nice smart interesting people and um yeah I love it I feel very fortunate so was it your husband that, that, as a result of meeting your husband, is that what has led you to stay in St. Helena? Or would you have ever been tempted to move in another part of the valley? I really like St. Helena, but Napa's kind of up and coming, and it seems like it's, a, you know, it's kind of fun now, and it never used to be you know, the 
Then we went to Napa, and now it's got all this like fun new restaurants, and it's kind of like a good mix. We go down there periodically, so I mean, I wouldn't mind. It would be nice to like check it out. I do really enjoy the small town feeling of Santa Lina. I like going to the grocery store and knowing people. I like walking down the street and knowing people. It feels very it's small town, but we're also in this like really beautiful place with like great restaurants and stuff. So it's not small town like Podunk town, but it's got this sophistication. Yeah. yeah, and I. You know, I grew up in a small town, and I think that just really appeals to me. Well, I love St. Helena, too, and for all those reasons. And it's it's hard to um, compete with how special it is. But to your point, Napa is finally coming to its own, and it's Napa now is so so appealing, and being closer to the city and closer to the airports kind of makes it a, an appealing place to live these days because proximity of uh, the airport in, in San Francisco. All of that being said, let's wrap things up, okay. shall we? Sure. With what I like to call five quick questions. So the idea is not to think about them too hard. <laughs> and there's no hardball questions, so I'm sure you'll do just fine. Ready? Sure. Okay, first one. Okay. What kind of car do you drive? I drive a... Volvo XC90. Um, it's a big beast, but I got her to tow Stella. <laughs> Who is your favorite singer? Oh, favorite singer? Ooh. I don't have a favorite singer. Oh, my gosh. Okay, favorite group? Just I, one. <laughs> I like a lot. No. Okay. Most used app on your phone? <laughs> Probably Instagram. Okay. Last piece of candy you ate? Ooh, I don't eat candy very often. Um, let me think about that. Oh, I don't even know what they're called. They're like little peanut butter chewy things with like a little red wrapper thing. I don't know. what I forget what they're called. Okay, we're, we're oh, striking. A, a bit of honey. bit of honey. Oh, That's okay. <laughs> I'm like, we're striking out, folks, here. Um, okay, who do you call for advice? It depends, on what, it depends on what kind of advice I need. So professional, I, I think... My friend Susan Luker, who's also a winemaker, might be my go-to for a lot of advice calls. Okay. And last question. What is one, and I'm sure you have several, bucket list items? Oh, I have lots. So um, one of them I'm going to do this year. I'm going to go into Thailand. Um, I want to see the Northern Lights. I'd like to go to the Kentucky Derby. Um, I have... I've actually, I have a long list that I keep on my phone <laughs> of bucket list items. So there's, you know, I have a, a long list of things that oh. I want to do. That's good. <laughs> you have goals. I do. Okay. Well, on that note, we're going to part ways now. All right. Thank you so much. It was so much fun to sit with you and chat and catch up. Appreciate it very much. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to listen and learn about the women featured in our lifestyle books and involved in our business. Share these episodes on your social media platforms so more people can learn about Wine Country Women. Visit our website at winecountrywomen.com to join our list and be the first to learn about exclusive offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new episode of Wine Country Women.